0: Welcome to the Great Exchange, a podcast about examining the lies that we have believed and exchanging them for God's truth. I'm your host, Brady Cohn, and joining me once again is our guest co host, Gordon Opp. Gordon, welcome to today's podcast. Thanks, Brady. Glad to be here. So we've heard numerous aspects of your story over the last few weeks, and today we're going to talk about how healthy um, same-sex friendships have really impacted your life in walking through this journey with same-sex attraction. So, And really, we wanted to discuss um, how the church and Christian friends and community can have some healthy expectations of, of us as we're on this journey with same-sex attraction, how they can minister to us well. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on how... Men have really impacted your life in healthy ways.
1: Well, there's been several that have been, and current ones, that have been very healthy. Then there's been some that haven't been very, mm-hmm. very healthy as well. Uh, and a lot of things go into that. And going back to what we've talked about a little bit before, part of uh, same-sex attraction, part of the issue is not feeling like one of the guys mm-hmm. growing up. Absolutely. And you feel like your father is a mystery and and men in general are a mystery. And so you're attracted to that and when you go through puberty, uh you sexualize it and it's a very simple uh definition of how homosexuality develops but uh it it speaks to it and certainly that was the case for me. Yeah. I rem- remember my very first uh Oh, super attraction to a guy, uh, was a camp counselor hmm. when I was maybe 11 or 12 and I mm-hmm. really wasn't sexual at the time, but Oh my goodness, was I attracted to him? Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I wanted a week long Bible camp and I did not want to leave, uh, just cause he, he just seemed, it was so aw- awesome to have someone that yeah. cared about me. Uh-huh. Uh, and that, uh, I remember as a 10 or 11 year old kid hugging him before I had to get in the car and go back home Mm. uh, with a group of guys, uh, little kids. And uh, it was, that was very monumental. Mm -hmm. Then the next one was when I was, I think I was 15. I had a learner's permit and that was a gentleman that was eight or 10 years older than me uh, that just came alongside me and and wanted to help. Mm -hmm. And I never really shared my struggle with him, but he was right there to walk me through (laughs) The difficulties that he could see that I had and and I really had a longing for him and then I was in high school and i I also had attraction to him, mm-hmm. but never followed through or because mm-hmm. and he didn't have that attraction then when I went to to school at moody i was theres was guys there that I was really attracted to, and I had a couple friends there and, and one of them I eventually did like my senior year share with him, but first, I had shared with uh, one of my professors. It was near retirement and Dr. Garner. And, and that was, uh, that was a very healthy relationship as well. Then I've had some where sometimes the guy is quite flattered mm. that mm-hmm. I would be attracted to him. yeah. And so it, it, they've been dysfunctional where you know, he was an ever straight guy, but he kind of liked the idea that I was,
0: mm-hmm. uh, so there's some unhealthy motivations on that person's end of it.
1: Right. Then Part of my dysfunction is, is I can become clingy mm, and, yes. and look for way too much um, emotional
0: attention mm-hmm. from them. Some emotional neediness and de- emotional dependency.
1: Right. And that, alongside of fantasies of being with them sexually, makes for a really unhealthy Absolutely. Uh, relationship. So, so mm-hmm. those can, can happen. Then there's one that he's probably the best friend I have right now I've had him for an awful long time and he his wife and my wife were good friends and we go out to eat an awful lot and this was oh man like the late 80s Uh, we were building a house and he was doing the HVAC system and he was Christian and stuff and anyway ended up going to coffee and stuff so he heard about my my background in in with homosexuality and everything and and he made it a point to say you know I just want to be your friend Mm -hmm. in any way I can and, uh, he says, I don't want there to be any problem or anything, but I just want to be your friend. And he was just kind of curious. And I said, well, you know, are you attracted to every woman you see? And he says, no. And I said, well, I'm not attracted to every man I see either. And, and we're just, we can just be friends. Mike, yeah. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> he said, he said, oh, that's great. You know? And, but then we joke about this cause he laid in bed with his wife that night and said, what's wrong with me? <laughs> oh yeah. He's insecure
0: that you weren't attracted to him. Uh-huh.
1: And so I don't know, over the years I've just had a, we're, we're like brothers, mm-hmm. uh, that's and great. we would do anything for the other. And we talk about spiritual things. We talk about just most anything. And, and that's been our, uh, a real blessing.
0: Cool. That, that's, that's great. Yeah. We weren't designed to walk through this life alone. And I think that, uh, When it comes to those of us who deal with same-sex attraction, it can be so hard to navigate those healthy male friendships on both ends of it. And I think that sometimes on the other side of it, so many Christian men feel so awkward having a friend who is same-sex attracted because... It's like what happens if they're attracted to me? And it's like we can't get too close and need to have all these boundaries to make sure that, that that doesn't happen. So what advice would you give to Christian men in the church who are in a position to walk alongside someone, be a friend with someone who has some sex traction to, to overcome some of those those barriers?
1: Well, I guess first of all, they need to be secure enough in themselves. Mm-hmm to not be flattered or, or offended or taken back by the the guy that struggles with same-sex attraction that they might be attracted to him. Yeah, in other absolutely. words, just let it go. Don't make it an issue. Mm-hmm. And if they don't make it an issue, uh, then and you grow and have a good relationship, then it
0: won't be an issue for them. Absolutely. And I've had a couple of times in my life where some of the really big moments in my walk with God and Christian community. And this was usually very early on still. I mean, as recently as a few years ago where I told one of the Christian men in my life, it's like, man, like I'm feeling some things for you that I shouldn't be feeling. And they responded with so much love and grace and didn't make a big deal about it. They reaffirmed me. And like that moment, just dispelled the attraction I had towards them because we connected and bonded in a gospel-centered way. And so what I was looking for was affirmation from this person. And the way that my heart twists things is that I want that affirmation in unhealthy ways. And so, but even in telling them about my attraction and then the way that they responded with a Gospel centered, affirming response to me, uh, and that we're able to move on without feeling awkward took away that attraction because I had what I was, what my heart longed for, but I had it in a gospel centered, healthy relationship. And I can move forward with those men as close friends and brothers in Christ. And so they didn't make it awkward. They felt comfortable and were thankful that I was willing to share such an intimate thing and just then we could pray about it and and both move on in friendship together.
1: Yeah. That's the, the whole thing is you want to become part of the guys. Absolutely. And the counselor I had, and by the way, he didn't have anything, any training in psychology other than Psych 101. Mm-hmm. He was just a youth pastor that cared about me and wanted to help me. But one of the things that he said to me that has stuck with me all these years is shame, uh, guilt, uh, loneliness, lust, whatever. We all feel it the same way. Yes, and so that brought us together. Now, the object of my lust might be different than his, but we, we still have those same feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just different things that mm-hmm. cause them. And so it made me feel like, oh, okay, I am like him yeah. and he's like me. Uh-huh. I think that's probably the, the biggest thing for people to learn that want to help guys with same-sex attraction is to invite them into your masculine world. hmm And, uh, just be, be one with them Mm -hmm. in spite of that issue. Absolutely. And part of that is just such a unrealistic expectation we have in our culture Mm -hmm. of what it means to be a man. And I know that's really changing, but the people that I grew up with, uh, we didn't guys weren't very physical, you know, Uh, there's Uh other cultures where totally heterosexual guys that never had any Mm -hmm. homosexual thoughts, hold hands. Yeah. I mean I'm not, yeah. I'm not I'm not advocating that for us in the United uh-huh. States.
0: But so many times we have our own expectations of masculinity that are not biblical and we add on our cultural expectations of masculinity and that's something that some of us feels like we can never match or meet up because we're not into sports or cars or all these things that you know the the world thinks is masculine in our culture and so many times Christian men project that cultural masculinity into the church and falsely believe that to be a Christian masculine man, you need to go camping and you need to do these outdoor stuff. You need to be into cars, sports and girls. And uh, and so it, it's hard then for us who maybe aren't into all those things to feel like we're accepted in the world of masculinity when they're making the, ma- the world of masculinity something that it's not supposed to be.
1: Right. Although I am interested in cars and camping. Oh, well, that's great. That's <laughs> awesome. So. I just happen, uh-huh. happen to like that. I, I've i had friends, uh, one in particular, that I can remember uh, that always, he was a hugger. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he hugged yeah. everybody. Uh-huh. Wasn't, he wasn't signaling yeah. me out to hug me. Uh, but I'd see him at church, and he'd come up and just give me a little big bear yeah. hug. And man, I appreciated that. Yep. And there was nothing sexual about it at Definitely. all. It was just a guy thing, and that was his thing.
0: Some of the biggest healing moments in my life, especially early on, was a big hug from a guy. And I remember one of my mentors and disciples, Ethan, uh, this was the first within weeks after I come to Christ and I was in his car driving down the highway. And uh, I told him for the first time about same-sex attraction and the life I'd been living, and um, he like stopped the car. I thought he was kicking me out, but <laughs> he came around and gave me a big hug. Um, wow! That was a moment that God used to chip away a piece of my hard-heartedness. So, so we've talked about how men in the church can respond better to us. What about us as uh, men with same-sex attraction? How can we have better expectations of those men too? Because I've also been on the flip side of it where I expected something out of my Christian friends that they weren't able to offer then or what I was expecting from them was not coming from a place of healthiness, like this emotional neediness that uh, they couldn't ever fulfill because it was not coming from a healthy place in me. We want our Christian friends to walk alongside us in healthy ways, but we also want to have healthy expectations of them. And then there's also times when we might be in stages of life where we don't have some of those friends uh, present in our life and we are still expected to be obedient to God and we can't use that as an excuse for disobedience or dysfunction And that's just the stage of life we're in right now. And we should work towards building those kinds of friendships. But sometimes they're just not there. And I I deal with a lot of guys with same-sex attraction who just don't feel like they have those friendships right now. And so how do you navigate that where it's like they probably need to take some steps to build those friendships, but that's also their current reality.
1: Right. I think you have to be somewhat intentional. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times we have this idea that someone else should read my mind yes, and know that mm-hmm. I need some nice words from you or, or a hug or whatever mm-hmm. and get over it. Yeah, uh, nobody yeah. can read other people's minds. Absolutely. So be intentional. So if you need a friend like that, there are people within churches that would be glad to meet with you once a week for coffee
0: mm-hmm. and, and do
1: it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you also need to recognize individual people's, uh, limitations. Some guys just have a real difficulty with intimacy with another guy emotionally or in any Mm -hmm. respect. They they can talk about football or the weather or work and that's it. And so if you're working trying to get a relationship with a guy like that, you really need to see what
0: they're limitations are absolutely and not expect something because mm-hmm. that that expectation can lead to being disillusioned and and bitter towards this person when we're expecting something from them that they weren't able to offer we want to help them grow too like there's opportunities within the church for us men with same-sex traction to help other men grow and so it's an opportunity for me to be a part of their journey and i've had
1: that where people where i'd share with them and and they say that it really made a difference in them, and they're able to share mm. their issues with me absolutely, as well. So one thing is being intentional. Don't Very just feel good. sorry for yourself. Get out there. You think maybe your church mm-hmm. isn't offering what they could, ask for it. Ask for something uh, reasonable. That's great. The other thing I would say is not just one person. Mm. Every Friday, and we've done this for years, I have two friends, and we meet for coffee and and bagels every Friday morning, unless somebody's out of town. And I find that it's so much better if there's three of us, yeah. Uh, because then you don't have that. It's a whole lot less to be, it's a whole lot harder to be needy and leachy mm-hmm. off of somebody when there's three of you. Definitely. And also you share each other's burdens mm-hmm. and you get more from each other. Mm-hmm. Now there's definitely a time when you just need to be one-on-one and that's mm-hmm. extremely beneficial. Mm-hmm. But that would be my other thing, be intentional, and then share yourself yeah. because by you stepping out there and being, um, vulnerable helps them to do the same thing. Definitely. And then you realize oh, we're all pretty much alike.
0: Definitely. Yep. And I love what he said earlier that for, for most guys, uh, we all idolize people and it's just the object of our idolatry is different. And so they're, uh, there's way more in common that we have with our Christian brothers, and so we want to uh, be a part of that that journey of um, many times with, with my own friends. I've been able to help them um, with their own sexual dysfunction and lust issues, and they didn't realize how much— their own sexual desire was, was lust and coming from a place of dysfunction until I was able to explain what God's taught me about my sexual desires. And they see that's th- those same traits and those same patterns in their own life, uh, even though it's in a heterosexual context. So I've been able to walk alongside them and help them uh, see what it looks like to live a life where we're denying ourselves and where we're processing through why am i having these feelings and they needed to go through that same process with their heterosexual feelings as i've gone through with my same-sex feelings yeah when we were talking about the
1: origin of same-sex attraction we we talked about perception Mm -hmm. and a lot of times you perceive something uh, and it's different than what reality is or sometimes you perceive it to be a lot worse Mm -hmm. than it is well in in our male friendships, a lot of times we have a perception that our ever-straight friends, their life is just going great.
0: Yes, uh-huh, <laughs> and uh-huh. you know that's wrong. Yeah, and
1: we, God may may want to use us to really encourage them mm-hmm. and help them to grow. Mm-hmm. And but we have this perception; they have everything together. They're attracted to their wife. Yeah. Uh, they don't. They don't need me. The other thing is envy. Mm-hmm. Those two, we, we have misconceptions, and then we envy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my Homosexuality was based on has its roots in envy. I wish I was taller. I wish I was more athletic. Yeah. I wish things came easier to me in this in this particular way. I wish you know. I wish. I wish. I wish. And you be beca- and it becomes an idol. A lot of things about all kinds of sexual uh, addictions and perversions have to do with envy. Absolutely. So if we get more of a realistic understanding of what our our guy friends are like Mm -hmm. and don't think that they have it so easy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I've gotten close with friends and I can actually say, You know, I don't have it quite as bad as they do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's
0: like, you know, uh, some people think that marriage is the answer for same-sex attraction, but then you go to a Christian bookstore and there's a whole aisle on how to fix your marriage because uh, marriage can be a mess for them too. And so I've seen that when it comes to interacting with my Christian friends, There should be such an aspect of we're all equals in the eyes of God. We have so much of the same idolatry of people, the same twistedness in our heart of looking to someone to fulfill something inside of us that they shouldn't be. And so there's so much between same-sex attraction and heterosexual attraction that can be so equal. And so I find that very helpful for my Christian friends to understand. I also think there's an aspect, though, that— they don't completely understand me, and that's okay. Absolutely. And so the, I don't. I, I think that sometimes men with same-sex attraction, we demand that our friends completely understand us or our Christian friends pretend like they completely understand us and they don't. And that's okay because I've had to come to the conclusion, Jesus completely understands me. I want to move forward into deeper intimacy mm-hmm. with my Christian male friends, and I want there to be deeper understanding, but also healthy expectations that we're limited on both sides because we're all fallen and broken and can't completely understand one another. And I can rest in knowing that I am fully understood by Christ. Right.
1: There's all kinds of scriptures where it says we should encourage one another. And if you look in the Psalms and the Proverbs, there's places where it says a a good word at the appropriate time is, is, is awesome. Absolutely. And so I'm not saying that we definitely need to Uh, try to encourage one another in those ways. But what you just said about we can't demand that someone understand everything about us, Mm -hmm. not even our spouses. Mm -hmm. We don't understand everything about our spouse, and we can't expect them to understand. That doesn't mean you don't try. That doesn't mean you don't use those words. You build
0: those relationships over the years to where you grow a deeper understanding. Right.
1: But then you mentioned about Jesus understands everything about us absolutely everything i've been reading a, a book several times by dane ortland his book gentle and lowly and oh, it's, yes. it's uh-huh. based in on matthew where jesus says come unto me all you are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest because i am gentle and lowly of heart when you talk about the real Brady Cone, we talk about what's his heart like? Well, he's mm-hmm. got a good heart. You know, this, this is what I know about him. And your wife probably knows you better than most. Well, Jesus knows everything about your heart. Yes. He's telling us that his heart is gentle. Power under control. Mm, mm -hmm. Uh, And lowly, that has the idea of accessibility. Mm. Anybody can come to Jesus. It's not about the severity of your sin, how badly you sinned. Mm -hmm. It's about will you come to him? Mm, And when we come to him, that means we fear him in a sense that he sets the rules. He's in heaven, we're not. He made us, he created sex, he created man and woman. We didn't, he knows all about it. I will rest in the fact that he knows everything about me and that he loves me. And I tell you, when I rest in the fact that God knows me, inside and out, still wants me.
0: Wow. Yeah. And
1: some of those scriptural passages talks about the disciples laying on Jesus' chest And can you imagine laying on, having your head on Jesus' chest and hearing his heartbeat? That's his Mm -hmm. heart for you, gentle and lowly. And so, you know, all these human things that I don't want to put down for a minute. God wants us to have godly, intimate relationships with other men. He wants us to have this godly intimacy with our wives, but it's always underneath our intimacy with him. Mm-hmm. And when we have that intimacy with him, we have so much more to give to our spouse and to our friends.
0: And to provide for those friendships. I think that um, what I see so many times men in same sex with same-sex attraction is that in seasons of life where they aren't experiencing those friendships, they use that as an excuse for their sin because to to act out on it, well, they you know they'll say, well, the church isn't meeting these needs, so and you know and and God wants those these needs to be met, so I'll do it in a sexual way, and so um, we I, I love what he said about being intentional, and we have responsibility in developing those relationships, understanding other men's capabilities on what mm-hmm. they are capable of providing us right now, and then also not making those relationships all about. Uh, just ourselves, but we want to be investing in these people too. And they have something to learn from us. And so, and, and when it comes down to it, we're fully known by Jesus. And so we should be going through life, being intentional, developing these deeper relationships with other men in the same time, resting in God's grace. So we have everything we need from him.
1: Right. And just to see other people like God sees us.
0: Mm. We don't know. Yeah.
1: Behind this great facade where some guy might be mm-hmm. looking really yes. like he's got things all together, there might be hurts and mm-hmm. anxieties and real mm-hmm. troubles that we don't know about. Definitely. And so to open ourselves up to that uh, and to yeah. be one of the guys. So and I have
0: seen that type of uh, depth in someone really help me deal with my attraction towards them because it's easy to look at them from a distance and, and see that exterior image, and I want that so bad, and that wanting what they have you know, leads to this attraction towards them. But once I really get to know them, and I see that they're just a broken person who <laughs> needs the gospel like I do, then it's like, it gives them some humanity where it's like, man, like who do I think I am thinking that I should be taking from them when they need the gospel themselves? And also realizing no matter how much somebody has
1: in the way of, you know, everything's going their way and, mm-hmm. and, and physique and all this, it's all temporal.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I've had, absolutely. as you get
1: older, you have friends that get sick and die mm-hmm. and it's death is an awful thing. God never planned for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all, each of our ends, Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. And so we just need to get over this Pollyanna idea of how life should be. Yes. And uh, I think the only way that you can really do that successfully is to fear God,
0: mm-hmm. to know
1: that he's the one that created you mm-hmm. and he loves you. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, Romans says it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Mm-hmm. My goodness, it was certainly that way for me. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be kind to people who struggle with different things and God will put people in our lives that are kind uh, in spite Mm -hmm. of our through our affliction.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Gordon, thank you so much for joining us yet again. I I love these conversations. I love your wisdom and courage and your story and just the the biblical truth that God has made so real in your life. And so I pray that for everyone who's listening this week, that as we examine some of the lies that we have believed, that you are better equipped to walk alongside others and to examine your own lies and examine the lies in other people and trade them for God's truth and have healthy friendships healthy relationships with the appropriate expectations and and god uses those relationships and he uses us in those relationships so thank you for joining us on another episode of the great exchange